If you've got your Bible, if you turn over to Psalm 92, uh, Psalm 92, just as Leona was talking earlier on, it's my 55th birthday there in November. Beth's, Beth said a very encouraging thing to me, Dad, you're only five off 60, so there you are. <laughs> Don't feel so bad. <laughs> I wish I was 30, 34. All right. Okay. Psalm 92. I just want to read the, uh, from verse 12 uh, through to verse 15. It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And Father, as we just consider some things, Lord, even from this passage tonight, that you would strengthen our hearts and encourage our hearts, Father, and enable us, Lord, just to be who you have called us to be, even in these days, as we just consider these things tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's, it's interesting to note that the word of God likens God's people to natural things and objects. It says in Matthew 5, 13 and 14, it says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It says in Psalm 125, verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. And we know uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, but those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. We come into the New Testament and it says, Christ is the vine, we are the branches. He is the good shepherd and we are the sheep of his pasture. And as we come into the passage this evening, we see that, that we as believers are likened to trees. The Bible talks a lot about trees uh, and uh, I've got some stuff there, but I want to quickly move on because I've timed myself, okay? And I want to try and keep in the time rather than go on like some of these other preachers go on. No, right, Bill? Okay, so there you are. So it's two types of trees. And we see that, first of all, we are to be like the palm tree. It says the righteous uh, will flourish like the palm tree. And there's some things that I want you to notice about the palm tree that I feel that we can apply to our lives as Christians. And the first thing that I want you to notice about the date palm tree is its importance, not only to the economy of its day, but also because of its importance to God. Did you know scripture shows that God uh, has a special regard for palm trees? And we see that palm trees are first mentioned in Exodus 15, verse 27, where we see the children of Israel are in the wilderness, and they come to a place called Elam. And we see that in this place, there are 12 well, wells and 70 palm trees. And we see that the people are able to rest there, be refreshed there, and then move on in their journey. We also see that the palm trees are carved. So 
destroy the Solomon's temple in 1 Kings 6, 29 to 35. We see that they're carved on the doors. They're carved on the walls. We see as we come into Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is talking about a temple in chapters 40 to 44. And we see that in Ezekiel's temple, we see that the palm trees, they are again carved in the walls, carved on the doors. We see in chapters 40 to 41 of Ezekiel that we have 13 references to palm trees throughout the temple. Palm trees are important to God. They are pictured in his temple. And we see from John 12, verse 13, we see that as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, the people took branches of the palm trees and as they went out to meet him. And the last time uh, palm trees are mentioned in the Bible is in Revelation 7 and verse 9. It says, Our eyes turn to a great number of people, which no one can number of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. The significant thing about this group of people is that they have palm branches in their hands, indicating the battle has been won, the victory is assured, palms of victory, palms of celebration. And just as the palm tree is important to God, so are we as the people of God. And I want to remind you of this this evening, that as the palm tree is important to God, we are important to God. So important that he is thinking about us all the time. It says in Psalm 139, 16 and 17, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! Wow! We are so important to God that he's thinking about us all the time. So important that Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 69, verse 16, that he has engraven you on the palm of his hand. He has engraven you on the palms of your hands, just as the palm trees are carved into the temple, on the doors, on the windows. We see that our God has engraven you and engraven me on the palms of his hand. Think about that for a moment. That the God of creation, of supreme workmanship, of tender care and loving support has engraved us on the palm of his hands. Think about it for a moment. God's hands. God's writing. See, God will not forget us this, this evening. We are important to him. We're so important. In Matthew 10, 30 and 31, it reminds us, but the very hers. Of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I know the hair thing can be a bit of a, a bit of a tricky one because I know when my ruler goes and gets her hair done, she'll come in and she'll say, and I have to be prepared for it. Well, what do you think? And sometimes I don't know if she's got it done or not, so I have to be very, very careful. So it's a bit of a tricky thing. But yet we see that our God knows how many drop out. He knows how many hairs are left in your head. 
And he knows how many are growing back. He knows because he bothers to count them. And I love Rhoda and I love Beth. I just couldn't be bothered counting her hers. But you know, our God loves us. He loves us so much that he can count the number of your hair. You see the detail of our God? So when Jesus says, the very hairs of your head are all numbered, he, he was not exaggerating. He never exaggerates. He means what he says, and he says what he means. So for the Lord to say that the very hairs of your head are numbered means that he wants you to know that he's very interested in you. And his intimate knowledge about you, intimate knowledge about your body, intimate knowledge about your family, intimate knowledge about everything about your life. And he wants you to know that you're important to him this evening. He wants you to know that you're valuable to him and how absorbed he is in you. So important that he himself says, I will never leave you. Neither will I forsake you. And we see this in the life of Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. He writes that, that everyone has deserted him. But then he writes in verse 17, But the Lord stood at my side, and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Paul, in his hour of need, God fulfilled the promise. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll stand with you. And the same applies to us today. He will stand with us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Through the challenges and difficulties of life, he will be there. Not only are we important to God, there's something else I want to say as a leader tonight. You're important to the life and the growth of the church. And you know, you know, I didn't know what Bill was talking about. We don't say, what are you talking about or what am I talking about? But I've wrote this down, and this has been wrote down now for a couple of days. And Paul talks about this in the passage that Bill mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12, 12 to 31. And what I want to say that every member in the body of Christ is important. Every member has an important role to play in the life of the church. John Maxwell said this uh, in the, about the last few verses of the chapter. This is what he says. We should not compete with each other, but complete each other. You know, Suzanne said last week, your voice matters. She said last week that every generation matters. And so I want to just encourage your heart this evening that you matter to God and you matter to the life of this church. You're so important tonight. You have a voice. Every generation matters. So the palm tree is important to God, and you're important to God. Second thing I want you to notice about the palm tree, the palm tree will bend, but not break. I've worked in NIE over 33 years now, and I've seen some storm damage. I've seen some wreckage and some carnage. I've seen some trees come down. 
uh, and take bars down and knock thousands of people off supply. Uh, and, and recently in the storms that have been coming in, I've actually seen trees that have maybe been there hundreds of years just being blown over and just being completely uprooted. But when we look at the palm tree, it is a very strong tree. It can withstand severe weather. And during the storm, the palm tree can, can bend right over as if the leaves are actually touching the ground. It can bend right over in the midst of the storm. See, the root system oh, is so secure that the palm tree will not be uprooted in the storm. And after the storm, do you know what the palm tree does? It just comes back up into position again. It comes back up into position even stronger than before the storm came. And just like the palm tree, our lives are open uh, to, to be impacted by different things. And our lives can be impacted by circumstance and situation. And they can batter our lives. But because of who we are in Christ this evening, our positions in Christ. And that's one of the things I learned as a young person. And the one thing that revolutioned my life was my position in Christ. And because I'm positioned in Christ, I may bend, but I'll never break. And you may bend, but you will never break. You will be like the palm tree. You will bounce back up into position again, and you'll be as strong before the storm comes. See, we see this in the life of Paul in 2 Timothy 4, verses 8 and 9. Paul writes this about his life. This is what he writes at this moment. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, where we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. See, he's, he's, he was experiencing so much and it's as if his life is maybe bent over with the pressure and the persecution, but he didn't break. Because his life was in God. Paul's life was steadfast and movable because it was rooted in God. It, it, it was rooted and influenced by the Spirit of God. See, palm trees will bend, but they'll not break. Another thing I want you to notice about palm trees is that they're not affected by the conditions around it. The palm tree can flourish in all types of conditions, it can flourish in the cold, in the hot, in the desert, in the storm. And that should be the same for your life and my life. Our lives this evening should be able to flow, flourish and should be able to grow no matter what is around us and no matter what may seek to impact our lives. See, it's interesting to note that the palm tree grows and he flourishes. It flourishes in the most dry and barren places. See, the roots of the palm tree, in that situation, the roots go deep below the burning sands and they find moisture down deep below the surface. And as we look at our lives, and there are times in our lives and our journeys where we will go through dry times in our lives. We'll go through times where we feel that we're in a desert, the question is, in those times, will our lives grow? Will our lives flourish? Will our lives still desire God? What is our root system like when we're in the desert place? 
We see example of this in, in Psalm 63, and I've mentioned this a couple of times uh, in, in my preaching, but, you know, David is driven from the palace, and he's in the desert place. He's in the dry place. But even when he's in the dry place, we see, we see that he still has a heart for God. He still has a desire for God. He, he still desires to grow. He still desires to flourish. His life was not affected by the conditions around him, nor those who sought to destroy his life. His life remained strong and passionate for the presence of God and to see his life grow in the desert place. Do you know why? Do you know what David's root system was? We see it in Psalm 19. We see that he's rooted in the word of God. It says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Another thing I want you to notice about palm trees, that every palm tree, every part of the palm tree is useful. So from the top of the palm tree right to the bottom of the palm tree, every part of it is useful. Parts of it of the palm tree can produce highly nutritious foods, fruits, oils, uh, waxes, dyes, medicines, varnish. From the products of the palm tree, you can uh, have, uh, make furniture, baskets, doormats, uh, mattresses, ropes, clothing. Each and every part of the palm tree is useful. And so is your life and my life. Our lives are useful to God. And there are times I know when we make mistakes, and I make mistakes in my life, and I just think, I'm just useless. I'm just useless. And you know, that's the way the enemy wants us to think. That's the way the enemy wants us to feel. But that's not how God sees us this evening. You see, he says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, in which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And God has called us to do good works. And we can do those good works within the life of the church. We can do those good works in our family. We can do those good works in our, among our friends. We can do those good works in our, our workplaces. This evening, we are not useless. We are useful. We are useful to God because he's called us to do good. Let us not limit his work in and through our lives. Your life is useful tonight. My life is useful. Sometimes I wonder how, but, I'm but God says, yeah, you are. Get on with it. Another thing I want you to notice about the palm tree is the palm tree is evergreen. And this is remarkable. Despite all the palm tree has to face and all that it has to endure, the wind and the rain and the sunshine, the dryness, the hurricanes, yet we see its leaves remain green. They remain green. And it is also said of the palm tree that it bears fruit all year round. And if this is the case, the palm tree is truly an amazing and remarkable tree. Nothing would hinder it uh, uh, remaining green. It continues to produce fruit. And the Word of God says that we are to be like that tree. We're to flourish like that tree. And that brings a big challenge to all our lives this evening. 
No matter what we have to face in life, no matter what the season, we must keep being productive. We must keep producing fruit all year round. And that's a very challenging thing in the life, uh, our lives as a Christian. And that fruit that we should be producing all the time, all the year round, is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it says in verse 14 of Psalm 92 that we can still bear fruit in old age. That's very challenging. Is my life producing fruit all year round? See, the Word of God says, by your fruits you will know them, if they're my disciples. And that brings a real challenge to all our lives, that are we producing fruit all the time, all year round? Another thing I want you to notice about the palm tree, I wasn't going to mention this, but I'll go ahead, it cannot be grafted. It's an interesting factor of a palm tree is that it is impossible to graft a palm tree into another palm tree. Horticulturists say, if you try to graft a palm tree, you will kill it. The palm tree has this unique character of identity. It is distinctive and unusual, and that's why grafting kills it. Likewise, for a, for a Christian to allow himself or herself to be grafted back into the world is to kill his testimony and influence. As Christians, we are in Christ Jesus. Because of this, our lives are unique. Our lives are distinctive. Our lives are peculiar. Our lives uh, uh, should be easily distinguished from the world in which we live. Final thing I want you to notice about uh, palm trees is that they get sweeter as they get older. Now, that's a challenge, isn't it? They get sweeter as they get older. When I was thinking about this, uh, this, this uh, these words came to mind, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. So I Googled it, okay, because I'm not that old. Okay, so I Googled this wee song, and this is what it says, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me, and he's the one I'm waiting for. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. How effective our lives would be as we get older in our walk with God that they're getting sweeter. They're getting sweeter. That's a challenge, isn't it? That your life is getting sweeter and sweeter. So if you look at the palm tree, we see that it's a symbol of importance, of sweetness, of usefulness, uniqueness, fruitfulness, and growth. And the challenge is that's what we are to be like. We are to flourish like the palm tree. The second thing that we are to be like is the cedar tree in verse 12. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. I want, you to, I want to read from Hosea 5, 6. And then Psalm 104, verse 16. This is what it says in Hosea 14, verse 5 and 6. I will be like the dew to Israel. She shall blossom like the lily. She shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoot shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive and his fragrance like the Lebanon. It says in Psalm 104, verse 16, the trees of the Lord are full of zap, the cedars of Lebanon which he planted. 
You go into Psalm 92, verse 12. The Hebrew word for grow means to enlarge, especially upwards, to grow up, to increase. And the Hebrew word for cedar, it means to be firm. It means to stand firm. And the Amplified Bible says, the righteous shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. We see that when you look at the cedars of Lebanon, they can grow to a height of 40 meters. Now, that's just over 130 feet. The largest pole I was ever up with a lion's man was 22 meters. So that's nearly the half of that there. So 130 uh, uh, feet. And the trunk diameter is 3 meters, so that's 9.8 feet. See, the the cedar tree speaks of strength, of permanence, wholeness. And I want you to notice as we look at the cedar tree, there's similarities between it and the palm tree. Like the palm tree, the cedar tree was also important and it was also useful. The cedar was used to build many important stately buildings such as temples and palaces. We see that the cedar wood was used in Solomon's temple. See, the Israelites went to great efforts to get the cedar wood for the temple because of its durability and its resistance to rotting. The resin of the cedar tree was even used in mummification by ancient Egyptians. And it was used for to build boats and other things as well. So it was very useful, very important. Also like the palm tree, it was evergreen. It's an evergreen tree. Always showing life, always showing vitality, always growing despite what it has to face. It was also a similarity regarding fragrance. There's a fragrance from the cedar tree. And this is how I talk to Rhoda every day. As Solomon talked to his bride, okay, so take note. This is how I talk to her. Your lips are so sweet as nectar. My bride, honey and milk are under your tongue. Your clothes are scented like the cedars of Lebanon. Wow, she loves me, doesn't she, you know? But that's that's how he talks to his bride. Your clothes are scented like the cedars of Lebanon. So if we're to be like the palm tree, if we're to be like the cedar of Lebanon, then there should be this sweet fragrance coming from our lives. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 2.15. He says, for we, that's you and me, are a fragrance of Christ to God. Now listen what it says, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Wow. There should be that sweet fragrance coming from our lives, sweeter every day among those who are perishing, among those who are being saved. What a challenge tonight. What a challenge. I want you to notice what Psalm 104, verse 16 says about the cedar tree. It says, the trees of the Lord are full of zap, the cedars of Lebanon. And notice this, which he planted. See, if you go into Psalm 104 and you read down through that psalm, it's a psalm about God's creation. And it comes down to verse 16, and it says, God planted the cedars of Lebanon. Man had nothing to do with it. God planted the seedlings at his command. The seedling is planted. 
And we see that the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, where Lebanon is, that we see that where they're situated is, they're in the mountains of Lebanon. So God plants it 6,000 feet above sea level. It's planted in an exposed position, in an exposed place. And we see that, it, that the cedar trees open to all the elements, especially the severity of winters. And the, so the mountains are full of snow. The cedar trees are full uh, of snow. But yet they continue to grow. Why? Because God planted it. God looked after it, and God preserved it. That's why it was able to grow to over 130 feet. And has not our God done the same for you and for me this evening? Has our God not created us? Has our God not saved us? Has our God not redeemed us? Has our God not looked after us? Has our God not preserved us? That's why we can be like the cedar tree. That's why we can stand firm. That's why we can go to to the heights that God wants us to be. See, even as the cedar tree depended on God, we need to depend on God this evening. We need to trust in Him. We need to rely on Him because He will enable us to grow. He will enable us to be unmovable like the cedar tree. The other thing I want you to notice from verse 16 of Psalm 104, it says, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. So we've talked about the palm tree and we've talked about all the attributes and characteristics and we see that the Word of God says that the trees of the Lord are full of sap. So we see that the palm tree could flourish because it's full of sap. We see that the cedar tree could could endure the winters and go to the heights and be strong and be important because it's full of sap. And the sap would go throughout the tree and enable the trees to be evergreen. And for me, the sap speaks of the Holy Spirit. That our lives are to be full of the Holy Spirit. And I believe if our lives are full of the Holy Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit has full control of our lives, then we are, our lives will flourish. Our lives will be like the palm tree. Our lives will be strong. Our lives will be firm, like the cedar tree. The final thing that I want you to see, I believe one of the keys of a flourishing life, and I'm maybe old school, okay, you mightn't agree with how I see this, but... You know, I I believe one of the keys to a flourishing life is in verse 13 and 14. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. It doesn't say those who attend the house of the Lord, but those who are planted in the house of the Lord. There's a difference for every Christian to flourish in the way that God wants them to, as God intended, requires them to be planted in a local church. I'm a big believer in that. See, not everyone who attends church will flourish. But the promise is to those who are planted. See, the word planted conveys the meaning of being stationary, permanent. When something is planted, it doesn't move around. It is in a fixed location. Being planted means you allow your roots to go down deep. And I believe today that we need to be planted in a local church. 
I believe that with all my heart. I've been saved from 1975. And all my life I've seen that. I've gone through the journey of being planted in a local church. And guess what? My life flourished. Your life will flourish. For so long in the body of Christ, we have people move around from here to there. This is not the plan of God for, for any believer. I believe as a a Christian, it's important that every believer be planted in a local church. Notice this, that will facilitate growth and expansion in their lives. And that's what we want to be as a church. We want this church to be a place that you will grow in, a place that you will be able to move into all of what God has called you to be, that we will facilitate as leaders a place that you will grow, like the, uh, flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar tree. The scripture promises those who are planted will flourish. The word flourish is defined as to break forth as a bud. In other words, if you're planted in the house of God, you'll, you'll know breakthrough in your lives. It can also be defined as, a, 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 as to blossom and to spread. Nothing blo blossoms without being planted. It says in four, verse 14, that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall still bear fruit in old age. Wow. And I'm sure there's many in the room this, that tonight are like S Simeon and Anna and Luke chapter 2, 25, 23. Because they were planted in the house of the Lord, even in old age, their lives still flourished. Their lives still brought forth fruit. And I believe this evening as I close, I believe that our God wants your life to flourish. I believe our, our, our God wants your life to grow strong like the cedar tree. And even as we grow old, he wants that we'll still produce fruit, even in old age. And all this can happen, I believe, as we abide in him and we're planted in a local church, in the house of God. Let's just pray together. Hallelujah. Father, we just worship you tonight. And we just honor you tonight for your heart is for us to grow. Your heart is for us to bear fruit. Your heart is, oh God, for us to flourish, Father, like the palm tree and grow like the cedar. And Father, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, just to take the challenge tonight, Father. And Lord, have that open life and allow you to work and allow you to move. And Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, as as a leadership team, Father, to create that environment, Father, that people will grow in it, Lord, and people will be, Father, f function in their giftings and abilities, Father, that there'll be such a flow of God that, Father, you'll be edified and you'll be glorified because, Lord, you've reminded us that we're important. You remind us that we're useful tonight. So, Father, I just pray for every one of us in the room Father, you would just help us, Lord, as we abide in you. That for as we abide in you, that, Lord, you would enable us, Lord, to grow and mature and be the people that you want us to be even in these days. In Jesus' name.